Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Fortman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, One Church in Global Locations. To find out more about Bishop Fortman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Hallelujah. Let's make this confession together. I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest. I come to God as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on 10 and I win in Jesus' name. Remain standing. Go to Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah, who is known as the weeping prophet because his assignment required him to endure a lot of emotional turmoil and pain. Sometimes you can be doing exactly what it is you're sent to the earth to do, but while you're processing it through your natural emotions, sometimes it can be very painful. Sometimes you can go through grief. Sometimes grief doesn't mean you did anything wrong. Sometimes it means you're doing what's right, but there's something in you that must be purged. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart, heart in Hebrew, uh, the language of our Old Testament, it means the mind. So it means your mind is what? Deceitful above what? All things. Look at me, look at me, 915. You lie to yourself more than Satan lies to you. He says the mind is deceitful above all things and it's desperately wicked. Who can know it? Verse 10, I the Lord, watch this, search the heart, I test the mind. Now watch this, he uses heart and mind here and the Hebrew words change. What he's saying is, is he says, I test not only your conscious mind, but I also test your subconscious mind, which is your spirit, which is the real you. Here's what he's saying. The tests you're going through are for the things you've been lying to yourself about. Uh, okay, let me talk to this side of the church. He said, he said, I'm testing the stuff that you said you dealt with, but you didn't. I'm testing the stuff that you said you were over, but you're not. I'm testing all the deep stuff. And if I'm testing it in you, it's because I want to heal it in you. To touch your neighbor say, it is only a test. Say, pass it. He says, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Father, taste, customize, tell to make this word for us, your people, over these next few moments as we move and walk in what you have ordained, as we're hitting reset and creating new beginnings in our lives. We honor you for it now in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, high five two or three people and just say, reset those lies, reset those lies. You can be seated. 
In this series, as you know, we are resetting and creating new beginnings. And so far in this series, we've hit reset in ourselves, reset how we see success. We've learned the A, B, C, and D that we needed to cut out of our lives uh, in order to reset. We've learned how to reset the right relationships, how to reset our family, how to reset our faith for the fast, how to reset our finances, and how to reset every curse. And today, somebody say today. I want to teach you how to reset from the lies we tell ourselves. Watch this. It is a fact that humans are great liars. Look at your neighbor and say, you know that's the truth. Now watch this. Because they're so used to lying, they probably are saying, no, I don't lie. Mm. It's a fact that humans are great liars. Telling an average, listen to this, of over 1,000 lies per year to others. But the number of lies we tell ourselves is much higher and inaccurate because when asked, people lie about lying to themselves. Lies are like wishes that we wish for and rea uh, reality was. And people often don't even realize they're lying because it's often a protective reaction to help us feel better about ourselves and the worlds around us. But lying to ourselves can actually be quite harmful. See, there are two types of lies. The first type of lie is the lies that we tell others. Those are outer lies. Say outer lies. Outer lies. And the second type of lie we tell is an inner lie. Those are the lies we tell ourselves. Say inner lies. Inner lies. Now, outer lies are tales we tell others when we think the truth won't work usually to avoid pain on our part. Inner lies are things we tell ourselves and we should always be guarding against because it's self-deception. And that's why you need someone in your life that can check you. What does check you mean? They can say, no, that's not what's really going on. Let's talk about the real truth. If you got somebody like that in your life, you need to thank God for them. And if you don't have nobody, thank God you got a pastor that'll get up and preach God's word that will check you. Touch your neighbor and say, we're getting checked today. I self-checked when I was preparing this message, and so today I'm doing a group corporate check. Just your neighbor say, everybody's getting checked. Check there means corrected. Watch this. If you really want behavioral change in your life, if you really want a reset in your life, you need someone that can check you about the lines you tell yourself. Other than that, it's the path of least resistance in your mind because we practice lying to ourselves on a daily basis, often to dodge fear, to dodge pain, or to use it as an excuse for laziness or intractability. Intractability means, watch this, that you're difficult to deal with. So we're going to get through these lines real quick. Touch your neighbor and say, we're all getting checked today. And if your neighbor won't touch you or look at you or smile at you, that's because they have just discovered that they've been lying to themselves about lying to themselves. But guess what? We're at Harvest, so we don't have to uh, walk around acting religious and phony and pretentious and walking around pontificating as if we're something that we are not. Touch your neighbor and say, let's get checked today. Let's get checked today. Here's the first lie we tell ourselves. I need to believe in myself or stay true to myself. I need to believe in myself or stay true to myself. Proverbs 4.23, keep uh, uh, your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Now watch this, keep there in Hebrew, in the language of our Old Testament means watch, observe, inspect for hidden things that have been injected. It says with all what? Diligence, which means you've got to be uh, very on top of this. You've got to make this a daily practice because out of it spring the issues of life. Here's how I've taught you this before. Out of your heart comes your circumstances, comes your life. Everywhere you look, there you are, which means if you don't like what's around you check what's in you here's what some of y'all go around quoting and it's not bible you just need to believe in yourself that's a lie which one are you the one what's this which one of you do you need to believe in stay true to yourself which one of you do you need to stay true to because let's be honest on sunday there's a version of you that comes in here on ten and shalom but sometimes when you're dealing with some issues and some of the vicissitudes of life there's another you that pops up on sunday night y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me touch your neighbor and say that's a lie 
God may be for you, but that doesn't mean he's for your ways, your choices, nor your habits. And those come from the heart. And whenever you see a negative cycle in your life, what you've really found is a negative heart habit or mindset. Negative heart habits or mindsets, they mess up your life. And your circumstance cannot change until your heart does first. Are you catching this? So when people say you just need to believe in yourself, the Bible does not say that. When people say you need to trust yourself, we just read you're a liar to you, about you, and the stuff going on around you. So why would you believe something that the Bible already told you is a lie? Let me prove it to you. Uh, Watch this. Anybody ever been in a crazy relationship, crazy dating relationship? Okay. Watch this. How many lies did you tell yourself to justify why you stayed in a repeat of what's love got to do with it? Well, it ain't that bad. Everybody got problems. Everybody ain't got those problems. Touch your neighbor and say, let's just get checked. Let's get checked. The reason you can't believe in you because what you're really saying is or stay true to you is believe in my mind. Believe in stay true to my mind. But the book says that your mind is deceitful. It intentionally lies to you about you. And I've taught you before some of the negative heart habits, the unfaithful heart. It's an uncommitted heart. That heart has been abandoned. So it abandoned when commitment creates discomfort. But if you stay true to you, you'll say, I just need to get out of this. But that's just because you don't commit to anything. You just run whenever commitment makes you uncomfortable. You run whenever somebody pulls something out of you that you're not used to having pulled out of you. Then there's the unprincipled heart. This is an untruthful heart. It's a concealer. It's deceitful. It uses and lies to. Its words cannot be trusted and its actions never match, match its confessions. This is the kind of heart that says one thing and does something diametrically opposed to what it said. I love you. Then goes and cheats on you. I love you. Then steals $20 out your purse. I love you. Then runs up the cell phone bill that they said they were going to keep at a certain level and they know they were using more data than they needed to know because they got the... I'm just making the the point. Watch this. Then there is the untruthful heart. This heart creates false truths to avoid rejection. And when rejection is perceived, it rebels. Whenever this heart thinks it's going to get rejected, this heart rebels. It acts up. Well, watch this. Some of you, you just figured out why certain friends are, are, act the way they do with you. That's why they have these disappearing streaks for months. It's quiet in his hit church because it's an untruthful heart. Then there's the unsoftened heart. This heart has been hardened and calloused from previous hurt, and it cannot heal nor forgive because pride won't let it perceive properly that it's bitter. The unsoftened heart says, I've just been hurt so much in life, I just don't trust nobody. No, you don't trust you because the reason you've been hurt is because you let certain people in, which the issue isn't the people you let in. The issue is the fact that you didn't have enough sense to know not to let them in. So your real issue isn't with people. Your real issue is with you because you don't trust your own judgment. All right. Okay. We're still on line number one. Uh, Then there is, watch this, the unfocused heart. This heart is double soul. James 1.8, it literally means it's split in half. It vacillates like the schizophrenic. You don't know which them you're going to get. They're like a box of chocolates. You never know which one of them you're going to get. Watch this. After church, you get the shalom them. Once they wake up from their after church nap, it might be like WWE wrestling. They talk so much trash to you, you you think it's a wrestling match. You need Vince McMahon there to come referee. Some of y'all don't know what that is. Is Is he still in the wrestling game? All right, there you go. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? 
All right. So, so, so which one of these yous are you supposed to trust and stay true to? Then there's the unsubmitted heart. This heart is stubborn and the actions it takes to be free makes it a slave. It fights to be right when it's wrong and it confuses visual compliance with submission. That's why it always has to get corrected. Watch this for the same thing. The same conversations have to happen with that heart. So say true to yourself, believe in yourself. Which one of you? See, here's what people are attempting to say. Believe you can do it. But watch this. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ, not all things through me. Touch your neighbor and say, that's a lie. And everybody, one, two, three, let's reset from that lie. That's not the truth. Don't believe in you and don't stay true to yourself because you don't know which version of you you're staying true to. Instead, stay true to Jesus. All right. Here's the next one. If I had time, I'd blank. Touch the neighbor and say, that's a lie you tell yourself. You don't have time because you won't make time because you really don't want to because if you did, you would. I know it is. It's quiet, church. You often don't manage time well because you think you have an unlimited supply. That's why it takes you two hours to get ready in the morning because you just think you got time. You sitting there listening to your iTunes playlist when you're supposed to be in the shower. You sitting there dancing in front of the mirror when you're supposed to be taking your shower. And some of y'all say, what's the mirror for? Because in order to stop lying to yourself, you got to look in the mirror and take an honest assessment of what's really going on. Mikey Jackson said it like this. I'm looking at the man or the woman in the mirror. Touch your neighbor and say, look at that thing. Look at that thing. So that's what the mirror's up here for. Uh-huh. But some of y'all was trying to check yourself out in the back. You were like, What well, I says, touch your neighbor and say, you do not have unlimited time. Well, I says, that's why some people will say, watch this. You're young. Go have fun. That's a lie. You're young. You better rule, reign, conquer, and subdue. You do not have an unlimited supply of time. The scripture says that our days are numbered. Here's what that means. You're not, on birthdays, you count up, and we're the only ones that do that. Heaven counts down. Which means heaven says, based on what we sent them to the earth to do, it's going to take this many years for them to do it. So heaven says, we're counting down, not up. Touch your neighbor and say, stop wasting time. Stop lollygagging. Stop being lazy. Stop saying, I'll do it tomorrow. No, I want to challenge you. Do it today. Do it right now. This is why the psalmist said in Psalm 912, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Touch your neighbor and say, number our days. In other words, he's saying, teach us to maximize our days. Teach us to not live like we've got unlimited time. Let me tell you how you know you're doing this. It's because when people look at you, they'll say, you're doing a lot. That means you're doing it right. Let me try this side, church. You're just doing so much. That means I'm doing it right because I'm numbering my days. You think you got unlimited time, but I realize I don't. So I got to maximize today, maximize Monday, maximize Tuesday. I don't care if you're 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 110, 120. Maximize your days. If I had time, I, that's a lie. If you wanted to, you would because you'd manage your schedule such to where you could get it done. You don't manage your schedule because you disrespect your time and you disrespect other people's time because you don't think their time matters because you don't think your time matters. All right, since y'all ain't going to say nothing, we had good praise and worship, so your hearts should be ready to receive all this here. 
which is the reason why you are, you are chronic. Watch this. I'm talking to your neighbor, not you. You're spiritual. You are chronically late. Now, I don't mean you made a mistake. I mean like you're chronically late. The appointment's at 9.15 and it's 30 minutes away. You leave the house at 9.10. Talking about I'm running behind. No, 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 no. You just lied again. You're not running behind. You disrespected time. But today, one, two, three, we're hitting reset. Here's the next lie. God is in control of everything in my life. Bible don't say that. Touch your neighbor and say, he is not. Well, Bishop, I thought he's sovereign. Sovereign means ruler. It doesn't mean in control. Okay, let me prove to you. If God is in control, how many of you locked your car doors when you came in here? Well, if he's in control, just leave your car open. And while you're at it, leave your purse in there. Leave your social security card on the dashboard. Put your Because if he's in control like you say he is, then it won't matter. Because if he don't want anybody to take the stuff, they won't take it, right? Touch your neighbor and say, that's ridiculous. Say, silly rabbit. Tricks are for kids. God is in control is a Christian's way to excuse responsibility. Okay, that's why preachers will get up and God is in control. No, he's not. Well, Bishop, what do you mean? Who is in control? We will make man in our image and give them dominion. That means power over the earth and everything that is in the earth. So who's in charge as it relates to down here? We are. Revelation says, I make you kings and priests and you shall reign on the earth, which means if you're not reigning, that's your choice, not his force. But today, watch this, Psalm 37, 23, because everything happens for a reason. Yes, because you did it. Yesterday, okay, look, yesterday, 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 I was using a different system to, to, as I was going through my day, all the, the Lord was dropping all this stuff down, and I was using a different system to take my notes. And so I, I had something good, too. I typed in, I was like, God, dog, I said, that's going to preach, like, wonderfully. I accidentally somehow deleted everything that was in the notes section, right? Now, you said, but Bishop, what about the cloud? That's the problem with the cloud, is that it's so fast, when I tried to go check it on my laptop, it was already gone. So here's the point. Here's the point. Somebody said, well, maybe the Lord just don't want you to say that. I said, or maybe I should have just not used that system. I knew Apple been having some problems lately, and I should have just. <laughs> some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. You, your phone calling folk, you don't even know who is calling. Yeah. Now, now, now watch this. Here's the point. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man, a righteous man. Say, that's me. Now, righteous just means, uh, righteous means in right standing with God. What does it mean to be in right standing with God? It means that your account is good with God. How did our account get good? Jesus said, I give you my righteousness vicarious, or excuse me, not Jesus, but the scripture says that we're given his righteousness vicariously. What does that mean, Bishop? It means that he gives us his right standing with God, and it takes our lack of right standing. Which means, watch this, he makes you righteous. So because he makes you righteous or in right standing with God, we are the righteous. So everywhere in the scripture we see righteous, say it's talking about me. Now, New King James says good man, Old King James says righteous. The steps of a good man, a righteous man, are ordered by who? The Lord, and he delights in his way. Now, I know what some of you think, but well, doesn't that mean everything I do, every little step I take? Y'all stretch your hands to the two sides of the congregation. So. <laughs> now, watch this. God orders our steps, but you have to follow the orders. It didn't say he makes the step. 
it says he sends an order concerning the step. But how many times have somebody told you stand over here and you said, I'm going to stand over here. So you'll say, well, that was God's will. No, that was you. It's quiet. He orders our steps, but you have to follow the orders. And the, the scripture teaches us, I've taught you before, there are seven primary ways that God speaks. The top two are logos. That's God's written word, the Bible. And the second is rhema. That's your pastor, a man of God. But if you don't do it, he's not ordering your steps. You are. It's amazing to me how many times I'll hear people comment on stuff that they heard in the message. And I'm like, I didn't even say that. And how did you hear that? Out of all of what I said, that's what you got? Why? Because you're a liar. You wanted to hear what you wanted to hear, so you made what I said be what you wanted to hear. But here's the beauty of it. Touch your name and say, we all been doing it. Watch this. Let me prove it to you. If you got somebody you want to cut in your life, and that Sunday I say you need to cut it, you're like, see, confirmation, confirmation. You heard what you wanted to hear. That's why I say get the CDs because what you're writing on that paper, what you're putting in that phone is what you heard, not what I said. Amen. It's quiet and young. Now watch this. Uh, Romans 8.28 says that all things work. Uh, I says, which means God can use it, but that doesn't mean he ordered it. So some of you will be like, you know, I just needed to lose everything I had to, to learn. He used it, but he didn't order it. Touch your neighbor and say, don't take all that. See, stop letting people tell you experience is the best teacher. No, it's not. Somebody else's experience is the best teacher. That's why God gave us the Bible, which means I don't have to go through it. I can read what somebody else went through and just learn their lesson. Ain't no sense in both of us going through the same thing. If David had to lose everything, I'm just going to learn from David. Y'all not saying nothing. If Paul had to deal with it, I'm just going to learn from Paul. Touch your neighbor and say, just learn from somebody else. So God can use it, but it doesn't mean that God ordered it. Most of what's happening in your life, you ordered and then sent heaven the bill. And here's the beauty of it. Heaven will be like, okay, I got you. But I'm going to need you to stop ordering this stuff. That's called grace and mercy. And for about 10 seconds, is there anybody that can give God praise for his grace and his mercy? Why? Because even when you ordered some stuff, heaven was like, we didn't order that. Heaven was like, I got you. Touch your neighbor and say, he got you, he got you, he got you. All right, here's the next lie we tell ourselves. I'm almost through-ish. I don't want to lie to you. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. That's a lie. You are not doing the best you can. You are doing the best that you want to do. When you say I'm doing the best I can, you close your mind's ability to do more off. Because best means highest. So what you're saying is there's nothing more in me, which means you have no more reason to live if that's true. If we go from faith to faith and glory to glory and level to level, that means there's always more in you that can be pulled out. Bishop, what pulls it out? Hell pulls it out. Stress pulls it out. Trouble pulls it out. Pain pulls it out. Problems pull it out. That's why the scripture says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And the only way the treasure comes out is it's got to be pressed. It's got to be pushed. You are not doing the best you can. Our minds are wired to seek data that confirms what we already believe and worse to assume we're rational when in fact we create irrational mental shortcuts to manage discomfort or uncertainty. No, you're not doing the best you can. You're doing the best you want to. If what you're doing is not sufficient, then learn something so you can do better. 
Now, I know this is appeal of real talk, but touch your name and say, but, but, but to be on 10, you got to stop lying to yourself. Let me prove it to you. How many of you ever said, I'm doing the best I can, and it's just all this, all this, all this, and then next week you were able to do more? Well, now, wait a minute. I thought you were doing the best you could. Liar. You were lying to yourself, telling yourself you were doing the best you could. No, you were doing the best you uh, wanted to under your current emotional lid. Your emotions put a lid on you. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Every time we say I'm doing the best I can, it's a statement of pride. It's quiet. I know, you were supposed, I know in school you were taught this is what you're supposed to say, but it's a lie. It's created inaccurate and, 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 and ineffective mindsets. Daniel 5.20. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in what? Come on, talk to me now, 15. What happened to him? Here's what happens. Whenever you say, I'm doing the best I can, what you're saying is, is I am the best already. Which means you are full of pride. And here's what comes next. Something has to be taken from you. And then here's what happens after that. Then your self-esteem and reputation get damaged. That's glory. That's, that means glory there, in this particular context, refers to how people view you and how you view yourself. So whenever you lift your heart up in pride, your mind, I'm doing the best I can. No, no, you're not. There's more in you. There's better in you. There's greater in you. And you ought to thank God for people in your life that don't let you settle and don't tolerate average and say, no, there's more and there's greater. Touch your neighbor and say, there's more and there's greater. Because here's what you're saying. When you say, I'm, the I'm, I'm doing the best job I can as a mom. So what you're saying is there's nothing else to learn. I'm doing the best job I can as a husband. What you're saying is there's nothing else to learn because you've arrived. Sexual chocolate. That's from a movie. Quoting a movie. Quoting a movie. What you're saying is you're the stuff. Can't nobody do it like you. Been the places that you've been. Spend the grass that you spend. You don't know that. Hey, hey. That what you're saying is, some of you are like, what is he doing? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, that's a statement of pride and put up that scripture. Every time you say that, here's what happens afterwards. Verse Daniel 5.20, deposed, which means you'd worked up here. I'm trying to help somebody. You got promoted up here, but that statement means you have to now be taken down here. And not only did you get taken down there, but now your glory is taken. What people thought good about you is taken, and what you thought good about you is taken. But one, two, three, we're all hitting reset. Instead of saying the best, I'm doing the best I can, instead what I say is I'm getting better every day. I'm a student, so I'm getting better every day. I'm getting better every day. There's more in me. There's greater in me. I'm getting better every day. Touch your neighbor say you're getting better every day. And here it is. I may not be where I want to be. But I thank God that I'm not where I used to be. Touch your neighbor and say, you're getting better. You're getting better. Here's the next lie we tell ourselves. I'm overwhelmed. I got school. I got this. 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 I got that. I'm overwhelmed. No, you're not. 
You're underprepared and disorganized to operate at a higher capacity. You get 24 hours. Bill Gates gets 24 hours. Oprah gets 24 hours. I'm just using names that you'd know. Touch your neighbor and say, you get 24 hours. How is it their hours are making billions and your hours are making excuses? Preach, Bishop Foreman. You, you, you so is preaching, sir. What else is here? To be the best, don't compare your load to the rest. Don't compare what you can carry to the rest. Here's what you do. Well, other people aren't. Just shut up about other people and what they're doing. That ain't got nothing to do with you. But somebody else, you're not somebody else. God doesn't hold you to the same expectations as them. You know more. You've been through more. You've learned more. You... It's quiet. I'm taking note of the non-shouters. What's this? What's this? What's this? No, you're not overwhelmed. According to 2 Corinthians 2.14, Jesus always leads us to triumph, which means all we do is win or learn. And in fact, as a Christian, when something challenges you, don't run from it. Learn from it. I'm overwhelmed. I'm just going to bow out gracefully. You ain't bowing out. You're punking out. And there's a difference. I feel the spirit of. What, what, what's this? What's this? I'm just going to bow out. No, you're punking out. You're not overwhelmed. You're just challenged. And rather than embracing the challenge, you run from the challenge, which explains why you can't qualify for the life you want. Because the air is thin at the top. Which means if you can't learn how to breathe in thin air, then you can't live up there. But you, let me remind you of who you are. You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You, touch the neighbor and say, that's who you are. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Watch this, watch this, watch this. I'm, I'm going to help you because I'm just overwhelmed. I'm just, it's too much. Come, come here, come here. Let's have a private conversation between me and you. Don't be offended. Shut up. And I mean that with all spiritual love. You just needed somebody to tell you that because everybody around you is so scared of you, they won't tell you that. Well, I ain't never scared of you. So let me just <laughs> let me help you understand something. They, they don't want you to have some emotional reaction, so they don't say nothing. Well, I don't care about your emotional reaction. I'm going to get off this stage, go shake some hands and hug on some people, and do it again in, in 30 minutes or whatever. Now, I'm just being funny. Touch your neighbor and say, have fun in church. Have fun in church. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except this common to man. The stuff you're complaining about and dealing with, that's not new. You're not the only one that works and goes to school and has kids and does this and does that or whatever. You ain't the only one. I worked all day. Who didn't? The book says if you didn't, you ain't got no business eating. You sure look like you're eating good. But God is faithful. I know what some of y'all are thinking. Temptation, bitch. He's talking about something else. No, I'm going to help you in a moment. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are what? Which means you're not overwhelmed. But with the temptation, will make a way of escape. Escape doesn't mean escape in the way we think of it. It means the ability to hold it. That you may be able to what? Bear it. Hold it up. So here's what temptation means there. Watch this. 
trial, probation, testing, being tried, temptation, calamity, affliction. There's nothing you're facing that you weren't built to handle. But since you're not the builder, you don't know the extent of your capacity, what you can hold. Well, if I was able to handle it, why am I having emotional breakdowns? Because you're purging weakness. What I feel like I can't do it because you're purging weakness. It's quiet in here. All right, I only got two more. Can I get the last two? But let's, let's hit reset on that one. One, two, three, reset. You are not overwhelmed. Just get organized. And don't wait till the day of to get organized. For all you procrastinators, that's why you feel overwhelmed. You know the test was due, uh, is due today after church at 2. You knew you were going to be here until about 1.35 or whatever. Okay, and so you're talking about, ooh, I got 10 minutes, Lord Jesus. Why are you calling on the Lord? The Lord didn't need to have nothing to do with this. What you should have done is done the test yesterday or Friday or Thursday when you, or, or, or watch this, because you was at church on Wednesday, but on Thursday when you was watching reruns of those Wednesday night shows. Talking about, I just, it's a, it's a double episode for the new season. I just want to. It's quiet, church. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, I'm not lying to myself anymore. Here's the next slide we tell ourselves. It's, ta it's taking too long, whatever it is. It's taking too long. Here's why it takes too long. You've been driving on the highway, got off on the wrong exit, then had to circle back all the way around to only get back to where you started because you shouldn't have got off. Every time you sidestep process, you forfeit progress. Say it again. Every time you sidestep process, you forfeit progress. So what does that mean, Bishop? Everything you want in life has a process to obtain it. Hebrews 10.36, for after you've done the will of the Lord, then you shall obtain the promise. Which means everything you want has a process to get. Now, you can have whatever you want to have if you're willing to pay the process. I'm going to say that again. Whatever you want, you can have if you're willing to pay the process. Notice I said pay the process because the process requires payment. Are you here, church? Now, now, now watch this. Say it's not taking too long. James 1, 2 says, it's got real quiet at this 9, 15. Y'all shouting early. Don't, don't get quiet on me now. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into what? Knowing what? Come on, verse 3. Knowing what? Produces what? Patience. What? Patience. So why do you go through stuff? To learn some patience. And patience isn't waiting. Patience is how you act while you're waiting. Now, let me prove it to you. You ever been in the line at a store and you just didn't understand, like me, you just didn't understand why there was a line. And then, watch this, then you didn't understand why there was one clerk over here and about 14 of them over there talking. Now, if, if you get Bishop Foreman's book of leadership, rather than waiting here for the one, you go get the 14 and say, look here, one of y'all gonna need to come over here because I, 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 that's nice if you're on your break, clock back in. But there's too many of y'all standing over here, so somebody gonna need to come over here, unless you just wanna give it to me for free. 
Matter of fact, I perceive this to be the will of the Lord. I receive it. So you're, you're standing in line. Watch this. Now, if you're standing in line, you know, singing, you humming and singing your Jesus song and all that, and lift him high and new anointing and all of that, and you're going to, okay, but if you're in line, <laughs> God, dog, what are they doing? Did they have to go get the chicken out, out of the chicken coop to go kill the chicken to come make me my chicken? Watch this. That's not patience. That's waiting with an attitude. And the Bible says you go through stuff to get rid of all that extra attitude. It's quiet in the church. Huh? says, verse 4, but let patience have its perfect work. That you, now, perfect here doesn't mean perfect like uh, the way we think of perfect. It means, watch this, it, if I could be contextual for you, it means uh, that you may be on 10. It means that you might be the best of the best. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be the best of the best, that you might be the best of the best, or whole and complete, lacking what? Nothing. Well, when you're impatient, you are no longer in possession of your soul. Your soul is in possession of you. Your mind thoughts with emotions. So when you're impatient, what happens is, is you get off the highway. It's quiet. Quiet. I did it yesterday. I was on the highway and I said, oh, they got a new exit over here. I'm going to take this new one. I didn't know that the new one didn't go to where I was trying to go. So I had to circle around. And I didn't get an attitude because I said, it's my fault. I should have looked at the sign a little bit more close, a little more closely. So I wasted seven minutes going in circles. Every time you're impatient and you wait with attitude, you get off the highway of process, you forfeit progress, and you have to circle back around and start that all over again. So Jesus, today, forgive us for our lack of patience. Maybe I'm the only one. Forgive us for our lack of patience with others. Forgive us for our lack of patience with ourselves. Forgive us for a lack of patience with life. Forgive us for a lack of patience with situations. We repent of it and ask that you'd forgive us now. And on the count of three, we all hit reset. One, two, three, reset. Last one. But well, can I give you another scripture about that? Philippians 2.8. I got to hear up. And being found in appearance as of a man, he humbled himself. And became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, say therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. The name of Jesus is above cancer, above sickness, above lack, above disease, above family problems, above marital problems, above whatever your issue is, his name is greater than that. How did he get it? He was obedient to the point of death. Question, to what point are you obedient? It says, because he was obedient, God gave him a name that's above every name. Verse 10, that at that name, every knee should bow of those in heaven, those of the earth, and those under the earth. To what point are you obedient to God's word and to God's order? At what point does your obedience cease? Because that's the furthest progress you can have. You can only obtain to the level you can obey. It's quiet in the church. So, 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 Bishop, what do you mean? Let me give you some real practical. What do you mean obey? We're talking about God's word, God's order. So if you just like, well, I, I, I know that, but I'm not doing that. I'm working on that. You, that's the furthest you can obtain. 
Wherever, whatever promise is attached to that process, you forfeit it because your obedience stopped. It's quiet in the church. Touch your neighbor and say, this is good for us. Last lie we tell ourselves, I can't. Now, let's be clear. I'm talking about something that's right. Like if you're like, I can't date this married person, that's true. That's true. So I just want to be clear about what we're talking about. So you're like, thank you, Jesus. Yes, I can. I can do all things. No, 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 no. Now, I have to say it. I have to say that to clarify because somebody will hear what they wanted to hear and be like, that's my confirmation. He's mine. She may have had him once, but I got him all the time. Okay, I'm not talking about taking your tithe money and going shopping. I'm talking about, thank you, Jesus, confirmation. No, 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 no. Okay, touch your neighbor and say, you can. Now, we're talking about something that's right, something that's in God's word. Here's what we do, and this is the most profound one of them, and, and, and this is going to help us. I'm going to set you free today. You ready? Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Your own logic becomes your lid. Philippians 4.13. I want you to see this verse, and then we're done, church. Are you learning something today? Philippians 4.13. One, two, ready, read. So here's what we do. You, got, you get your mirror. You're looking at yourself today. We've talked about a lot of stuff, the truth be told. We all have dealt with. We all have looked at it. And so we're looking in the mirror. And, uh, and so as you're looking in the mirror, I can't really see myself. Can you come help me out? All I can see is pants. Okay, can you? Pantalones. Ain't that how you say it in Spanish? Pantalones. That's why I'm Southern Spanish, so pantalones. I'm not going to put it. I'm not doing it. Now, 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 I'm looking in the mirror. I'm looking at myself. I can see myself. Okay, now, there's all these little blemishes here. There's all these little issues. There's all these little problems. Watch this. Here's what we do. We create a lot of little problems to occupy our time so we never deal with the big problem. You missed it. You're mad about why dinner wasn't on the table. That ain't why you're really mad. You're really mad because you don't feel respected. Yep, y'all not saying nothing. We create a lot of little problems. You know, little, here, you can put it down. You can put it down. Gracias. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> see, watch this. You, you see these fingerprints up here? Can you get as close as you can, cameraman? You see these fingerprints there? Y'all see that? So here's what we do in life. We create a lot of little problems. You didn't text me back. So I'm angry. So now when you call, I'm going to ignore your call. When... This is a little fingerprint. The real problem is that you feel abandoned every time somebody doesn't play to your music. Listen, what does this have to do with I can and I can't? It ha- oh, it's shining the light. Flashlight. Okay. All right. You don't know that one? All right. Okay. Bookstore, let me hang on that one too. All right, y'all didn't say nothing. Okay. No, I'm just joking. Here's the point, church. Here's the point. Say, I can. The only reason you think you can't is because you occupy your time with problems that are too small to ever deal with what's really big. So you'll come in church, watch this, and hear a message like this, and then you'll be like, well, why do you have to say so-and-so's a liar? 
You created a little problem called getting offended. And the only thing that gets offended is egos. So now you can't fix the real issue, which is the fact that these are things we all do to ourselves. Got it? So, so, so watch this. You've created a bunch of little problems to avoid dealing with the big problem. You create a lot of small stuff. Got it? And you occupy your time with a bunch of small, low-level stuff so that you never deal with the big, high-level stuff. What's the real issue here? What's the real problem here? I'll tell you on Wednesday. Because I'm out of time. One, two, three. One, two, three. So stop telling yourself you can't. Stop saying it's taking too long. Stop saying you're overwhelmed. Stop saying you're doing the best you can. Stop saying God is in control of your life. Stop saying if I had time to, I would. Stop saying I need to believe in myself and stay true to myself. All of those are lies. And the sooner you stop lying to yourself, the quicker your life is going to improve. Say, Father, forgive me. Forgive us for lying to ourselves. Today, we repent corporately so we can receive corporate healing. We will stop lying to ourselves so that we can move in what you've ordained. And that is that we'd be on 10, experiencing the best of the best. People, places, things, and ideas. In Jesus' name, I am Shalom. Nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. Nothing is lacking. All is well. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.